Hi, welcome to this podcast from the Actionistas. And in this podcast, we're going to be meeting John Cunningham from engagemental.co.uk. John and his business help business owners and decision makers who want to get more from their sales efforts and their salespeople or sales teams. John and his business can help if you want to engage your ideal client in an intelligent and respectful way. John can also help improve the clarity of what you're offering and your approach to business development, lead generation and cold calling. And John's business can also help with business development advice and support. To help your business grow, but also respecting your individuality and brand. So let's meet John. Hi, John. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, And I'd like to start with asking you a little bit about yourself. Um, We're really interested in your journey, your business journey, and how you got to where you are today. And we're particularly interested for the entrepreneurs out there that are going to be listening to, to this. Include any tips, please, if you would, about mindset and things like that you can share with others who are on their own journey at the moment and who are looking for inspiration. So fire away, please, John. Okay, thanks. So, uh, yeah, well, thanks for having me, firstly. Um, I suppose it started early for me. I got into sales very early in life in some form or another. My my dad was an accountant, uh, but he also uh, dealt antiques as a, as a bit of a hobby, and I used to trail him around age five, six, seven, eight, uh, around London and school holidays and early in the morning before school sometimes, uh, sort of mentally recording the value of things in one market and then seeing them in another market uh, at, a, at, a, at a much different rate. So I was kind of starting to build my, I suppose, sales um, uh, knowledge then, if you like. Um, when I left school, I got into sales straight away. Um, I left because uh, the, the first job I took, I left because of the kind of ethics um, and the kind of moral uh, compass that people were, were were using to navigate. I think that's probably mm-hmm. a, the first tip I'd say, which is kind of always trust your gut. Um, I got back into sales a couple of years later and um, sort of carved out a bit of a niche for myself, kind of opening doors in huge multinational companies um, for, the, for the company that I was working for. Uh, mindset. It's difficult because everyone's experience is their own. I think for me, I was always very sort of tenacious and uh, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I had the same kind of switches that some other people had around nervousness, around sort of reaching out to new people and making new connections. So um, it's kind of hard for me to put myself in somebody else's shoes. But I think the, the, the biggest tip that I would give people, and it's not always one I've taken, is is trust yourself and trust your own kind of instinct and um, believe that you can do it. Because I think the only thing that sort of holds people back really, um, and this, I'm guilty of this myself, is is a belief uh, in yourself and, and, and your ability to achieve something. I think you're so right there, um, John. Um, I think it's something that sort of 
a lot of people have experienced and I know that a lot of people that will be listening to this will be kind of nodding their heads at this point because you're absolutely right. I'm also fascinated by the fact that your business journey really started sort of very young as well because it again it's something that entrepreneurs seem to have in common that interest in business as a very early age um, and it, it must have been very interesting sort of going around with your father and uh, as you say kind of like taking it in and, and looking to see how business worked that you were saying eight nine ten and uh, whatever um, so thank you for sharing that with us now I know that other business owners are really interested in how other owners spend their days kind of what the typical day is as a business owner and particularly you know do you plan your day to the nth degree do you set out everything in advance do you freewheel with some major goals in mind can you share that with us please John yeah sure I think I'm um, sure. uh, similar to my uh, I, I didn't feel like I'm fully qualified to comment on you know those 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 tips I just previously gave because I still feel like I'm on that journey, and I think the same is true in terms of productivity. Um, you know, a lot of productivity uh, experts would probably sit crying if they heard the way that I pl uh, plan or manage my days. Uh, certainly, when I've sat down and um, planned out my day and kind of earmarked time for this and that and very regimented about it, I'm definitely much more productive. I think naturally, I'm much more somebody who tends to free will. Uh, so has right. some kind of big plans, but tends to free tends to free will. Um, typically, I start my day by by trying to sort of get a, a, a handle on you know what are the key things that I need to do today, and what are the things that I need to make sure that um, uh, you know I I finish. I'm I'm not always the best person at doing the things that I should be doing, um, but there's a few tools that I use to to ensure that I don't miss the most important things. Um, uh, you know, uh, Asana is a, is a tool that I use. Um, I know people use Trello, I know people use Todoist, I know people use lots of different to-do tasks. Um, certainly Asana has been a massive uh, help for me. Um, mm. and, now, and now I'm not on commission. Um, the other tools um, uh, that I've that I think tools are a big thing for me. And I, I know a lot of people like, you know, pen and paper and some people just have brilliant minds. Um, I definitely think that tools are the things that help me to be productive and uh, using those to kind of plan out what I need to do and not miss things. Um, uh, 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 they're, they're probably the strongest, uh, you know, the, 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 I think I recognize my weakness is planning and then I try to mm. use tools to compensate for that. Right, yeah, I mean, that's that's great. I mean, um, you know, as entrepreneurs, it's something that you have to get to grips with quite early on that you have weaknesses but you can't dwell on them. You've got to find a way around them. So thank you for sharing that with us, John. Now, your business can help people improve sales. And let me tell you that there's quite a lot of our audience out there that provide professional services. And when you talk to them about sales, they kind of want the end result. They want the invoice paid at the end of, of the services they're providing. But sales still makes them feel just kind of a, a, sometimes a little bit queasy or, or a little bit nervous was a word that you used um, earlier about something different. <laughs> now, um, I'm wondering, could you share with us three top tips that you found to be that most businesses you help would use those to increase their sales, please. Okay, so I think the first thing is just to do something, and I don't mean anything, but um, right. you know, I think it needs planning and thought and so on and so forth. 
but I think far too many people, and again, myself, uh, in different ways, I'm guilty of this, don't do because they're too busy thinking about what to do and how should I do it? And mm. oh, actually, I'm too busy to do that right now. But just doing something, even a tiny little thing frequently, I think will um, pay dividends in the long run if you continue to do it. Um, so I, I think find something that you're prepared to do and commit to doing and then keep doing it. I think the point that goes before that, though, which is one that you kind of alluded to, is is a mindset one. People feel mm. queasy about sales or nervous about sales, or especially if you've got um, an audience that are um, uh, you know, cerebral in some ways, um, mm. they would think, well, well, sales, you know, that's especially in this country. I don't think it's so much of a problem in other parts of the world, but it, it, it's sometimes got quite a bad reputation. And I think people think, oh, I don't want to be doing that because that's not something. And I get it, by the way. Um, I, it's not something that's really good for I don't think it's a good thing to be seen to be doing. But I think a lot of that is just mindset. If people change their mindset around that. Um, and, and and if they believe in what they do and if they do believe that what they do can bring value to other people, um, then I think sales is kind of less daunting and, and, and less sort of the queasy making, um, for want of a better word. Uh, so that's kind of two tips ish. Um, uh, and then the third one, uh, just touching on that is, um, yeah, of course, they don't have to do anything themselves at all. Um, I mm. think. It's less about, you know, I think as a business owner, even if you're just a, a single consultant or something like that, it's very tempting, or certainly I found it very tempting in the early days to think, oh, I've got to do that. I haven't got time for this. I've got to do time for that. I think the thing that I say to people um, quite often these days is try, and to myself, is try and do as little as you can. And I don't mean that as in, you know, sit with your feet up, but anything that you can get someone else to do that someone else is going to do better I think it makes sense to try and get them to do. So if you're not capable of um, or not willing to sort of do something with regularity, at least put in a system that means that somebody somewhere in your organization or an associate or someone that you can barter with or, you know, whatever, can do something that's going to keep contributing um, to your to your to your sales pipeline, whether that's you know, and that could be as simple as um just making regular contact with people that you've worked with in the past and gaining their feedback and saying, you know, if there's anyone else that you think that I can work with and help in the way that I've helped you, um, you know, I, I'd love to be put in touch with them. It could just be doing that with regularity. I absolutely agree with you. Quite often people in professional services kind of like to contact take control and retain control of everything that they do and it can be quite a step forward to actually think actually I'm not very good at that that's not my forte I am actually better at delivering a service and realizing that there's somebody out there that can do it better and realizing that the person that can do it better can actually do things in some of the way that you need them to do for example if you've got professional ethics that you have to stick to you have to do things in a certain way um, and would you agree with that John that, that you have to realize that there's somebody better to do some things and that actually that by, by coming to that decision and handing over that task to that person it leaves you to free up to do what you want to do and what you can do best, which is delivering that superb service. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with that. But I do also hear the person out there who says, 
I'm not really sure who I could use that would do this in a compliant way or in a way that would represent my business well, or, you know, it depends what it needs, what, what it, what, it depends what uh, specific service that they're talking about, or, uh, but, but, you know, I've always had that fear of, can I find someone who's going to do this in the right way? Can I make sure, how can I be sure that they're going to do something that is, um, you know, sort of ethically decent as well as um, uh, of high quality? Um, so I, I think, and I and I've heard lots of people say, well, you know, people don't need to do it to 100% of, of of what you would like them to do, as long as it's 80%, it's okay. But I think that's a very personal thing. I think you've got to be okay with it. But I think if you're able to get okay with it, it's incredibly liberating because it just gives you time to focus on the things that you're good at and the things that deliver value. Yeah, and as we've said, you know, if, if sales is not for you and it makes you feel queasy, then there, there is a way that you can get sales and not actually have to have that hands-on approach. Or perhaps, as you say, kind of do those small things yourself, like getting in touch with existing clients or clients you've worked with recently, and perhaps leave some of the stuff that does make you feel more queasy to, to someone like yourself who perhaps can kind of come in and, and, and help and support with um, the bits that you don't want to do really yeah yeah makes sense okay um i know that you also help businesses who want to, to sort of go out there and reach a, a new audience so what i'd like to ask you is again could you share some tips with us that you found help most businesses who actually want to do that who want to go out and try and reach a new audience please john Sure. So I think the, the first tip, if you like, is to get into the mindset of your world. Actually, the first tip before that is work out who your audience is and where they reside. Um, work out what pains they have and then try as hard as you can to get into their mindset. I think very often people, when they're trying to sell a product or a service or um, get in touch with people, they, they, they think about it from the seller's angle, understandably, rather than the buyer's angle. So I'm a huge proponent of getting into the mindset of the person that you're speaking to and trying to understand where they're coming from. I think people um, get approached a lot. So the thing that I always say to people is why, and I don't, I don't mean this rudely, but why would they care? What sets you apart? What makes you different? Very often when people talk about difference, they'll then go on to say, well, we really care about our customers. We're we're small, we're niche, we're focused. But the problem is, even people that aren't say those things. Everyone says that they care. Everyone says right. that they're niche. Everyone says that they're focused. Everyone says that their clients matter to them. So I think the, the, the first thing to do um, is, as I say, work out the audience and where they reside, work out what their pains are, and then work out how you can communicate what makes you um, different in some way or you know, better than your competition or where you have um, a specialism that means that that person is then going to kind of resonate with what you're saying and connect with you. I think, um, and this isn't very salesy, but for me, and this is why I kind of moved out of sales and more into um, a kind of new business, business development type role, which is um, I'm more about starting relationships with people with zero expectations in the now. So for me, my approach has always been since um, 2002 or whatever, I'll get about getting on their radar for the future, making it starting a relationship rather than focusing on selling now. I think the problem with a lot of sales is people focus on selling something to somebody 
um, mm. you know, on the very first time they speak to them. And I always equate that to um, perhaps in advisingly in 2019. And I, I equate that to relationships. If you meet, um, you know, uh, your, uh, someone that you like uh, and it's the first time you meet them, you don't try to marry them on the first day. You, you get to know them. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you get to know them, you get to understand them, you get to see whether there's common ground. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely, um, uh, you know, what I would advocate is, um, you know, work out what's going to resonate. With. And actually, a huge part of it for me is talking to people from a mindset of how can I help this person? And that might mean uh, you're not actually going to sell anything. To them. You're just going to point them in a different direction. But if you go into any conversation thinking, well, how can I help this person? What can I tell them that will be useful to them? What can I ask them that will allow me to share something that could be of value? That's a brilliant basis to start any sort of sales discussion. Mm, that, that's really interesting, John, because going back to sort of sales and, as I've mentioned, the professional services, um, people that, that will be listening to this, thinking of it as sales makes them feel queasy. But I'm sure kind of how can I help you being the, the, the person that could be a potential buyer is going to be a lot easier of, of an approach um, because you're not you're not trying to sort of hot house a sale as you say you're not you're not trying to marry the person at the first meeting but you are establishing a relationship and I think it's akin to isn't it when you walk into a room and you don't know anybody it I guess most people would find that scenario harder than if you've met a couple of people in the room and you're actually going back to sort of resume perhaps part of a conversation that you've had, particularly if you've been able to help someone. I'm guessing what I'm saying in a roundabout way, it's going to feel a lot less salesy and a lot less pressure on yourself to do something and actually looking at it from the point of view that hey I'm helping I'm kind of in a way delivering a bit of my service and showing them what I can do as you say even if it doesn't result in a sale um so thanks I think that would I can see how that's going to feel an awful lot better and it's better now, for everyone you know, it's better sorry um, <laughs> I was just gonna say it's better for everyone it's better for the person that's being contacted it's better for you because it takes the pressure off you it enables the conversation to go from one of me trying to sell and trying to make you buy to hey I'm a person who's trying to talk to you because I think I can probably help you you're talking to me because you understand that I know something about an area that you're interested in and I, I, you know I can probably help it's just a better experience for everyone mm. Now, I know, John, that a lot of small businesses will be listening to your advice and they, they all want to sort of increase sales or reach new audiences. But I do know, as we've touched on before, that even those people that don't have a problem with sales will say that actually, you know, I'm spending most of my time delivering to existing clients. I'm, I'm sort of I haven't got time for marketing sales or, or anything. Um, I'm wondering if you could sort of tell us how they could benefit from using someone external like yourself and, and, and how you might be able to help someone in that situation, please. Sure. So I think, um, and um, I'm, I'm not going to make this a sales pitch for, for, for me or us, but I think um, having somebody external who kind of understands what needs to be done in order to reach new people um, can help them to focus. It can help them to think about it. It can help them to do something. Um, that person might be able to help them test the market. It might be able to help them understand the market, i.e. how does the market feel about their niche? Um, if it's not something that they've 
necessarily explored, that person can help them to plan, to make a plan for what they should do over the next three, six, 12 months. That person can hold them accountable. If it's something that they're gonna handle themselves um, uh, in-house, in that person can make them accountable. That person, uh, and I'm talking about our services here, I suppose, in a way, um, but that person can help them to find someone that they can bring in-house or an outsourced partner who can actually develop um, uh, opportunities for them, bring them bring them opportunities. Uh, that person, if they're going to bring someone in-house, could help with the training and development of the people that they're bringing in and coaching those people to make them successful. So that's the sort of ways that we we might help somebody. Um, but you know, there's lots of there's lots of nuances and there's lots of different people that offer different services. Um, and that could be um, you know a part-time parent who's uh, got a few hours at home and can can spend some time uh, helping them or that could be you know there's some very expensive agencies out there that will charge you lots of money a month and there's everything in the middle you know so um, mm. I, I just think it can help people to just having a focus on it can almost be a help in itself you know some people that we've dealt with um, it's literally just having someone who's going to meet with them fortnightly weekly and say you know how did that go what are you doing about that have you done much of that having that accountability just helps some people to focus John, something that I just wanted to add on from what you've said is that a lot of businesses in the UK are actually very small. You know, they're, they're one person in a limited company or, or sole traders. And I think that it can get very lonely. You know, in a bigger organisation, you might have a, another director or a, another partner in the business to bounce ideas off. But would it be fair to say that actually using an external consultant also gives you that? So if you are thinking about taking course of action in your business, you've got someone that you can bounce that idea out to, which can be quite helpful. Yeah, I think that's the reason. I mean, I, I can definitely uh, identify with that feeling of isolation when you're a, a sole mm. practitioner, if you like. I certainly started out that way. Um, but I think, yes, having having I mean, I don't think you need to spend, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm unselling our service here, but, you know, that's fine. I, I don't think you need to necessarily spend money with somebody to have that experience. There's lots of good networking events. There's lots of people, you know, especially with LinkedIn and places like that now where you can go and meet i mean i've got a little network of people i've met through through linkedin who i bounce ideas off and get perspectives of from so um yes absolutely i think having a trusted partner that's a consultant or someone like that can be very valuable for that purpose but i don't want to have your listeners sitting there thinking oh crikey that's something else i've got to find money for just to help me find someone who's willing to support me um there are people in the same shoes as you who have different uh, skill sets who would be happy to spend an hour a week, an hour a fortnight, an hour a month just getting together and bouncing some ideas around. And there's some really nice people out there. There's lots of people who are, um, you know, egos, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, very self-centered. But there's also lots of very lovely people out there who would happily um, help you along your way is my experience. Well, thank you, John. That, that's that's really decent of you to to mention that. Um, and I guess sort of finally, John, um, I, I somebody who's currently employed and who is thinking about starting a business 
on their own um based on your own experience kind of what what might you say to them um at this stage you know they're, they're saying right okay I'm, I'm giving up being employed and i'm i am going to start my business what would you say to that person be clear on what it is that you want so for some people it's just really obvious and it's what they need to do for me i knew i just had to do it it was something that was so obvious to me um even before I did it, but I just had to. If you're umming and ahhing and you're not sure, be clear on what it is that you want. Are you, and what you want to start? Is it that you want to be the next um, Elon Musk? Is it that you want to be able to spend more time with your family? Is it that you want, what is it that you want from the business? And I think that's a really important thing to understand and then to ask yourself, how closely does my plan align to my dream? Because there's lots of things, like anything that you do for the first time, there's lots of things that you don't realise you'll have to do. So um, spending time, you know, munching through accounts, um, submitting, you know, if you've got staff, submitting pension returns, you know, or, or dealing with, um, you know, auto-enrolment pe pensions, all this sort of thing. So um, I think be clear on what you want. Um, work out whether what you're thinking of doing will give you that and work out how you're going to get from not not to the nth degree because i think you can be you can be um paralyzed by indecision sometimes it's just best to do but i think um just just having a plan of how am i going to get from x to y how am i going to get clients for this business you know i've got i've got friends who um have sort of built built websites and so on and so forth and they have people come to them to build a website and they think oh, i'm going to build a website and then suddenly you know, I'm going to have hundreds of customers because everyone's going to find this fantastic website that I've built, but they haven't given any thought to uh, search engine optimization, pay-per-click, mm -hmm. social media um, advertising, any kind of activity that's going to drive customers. So I think um, be clear on what you want, uh, be clear on how you're going to get there, and um, uh, then go for it, you know, when you're ready. And, 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 and don't be afraid to talk to people who've done it because I've made lots of mistakes in my life, uh, in my working life, and um, you can benefit from those by asking me about them because I can then share them. So don't be afraid to approach people and just ask them for help. Say, how did you do that? People love giving their opinion, as these podcasts will uh, testify. That's, that's absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, John. Uh, well, what we're going to do, if it's OK with you, is we're going to make sure that people get the links where they can um, make contact with you um, and follow you and, and see you on LinkedIn, etc. And um, hopefully they can find the courage to connect with you and maybe kind of ask you some questions, if that's OK. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to connect with people. I'm very happy to um, uh, answer questions. Uh, if someone's got a specific uh, issue that they need help with, I'm happy to open that, um, to have a message in my inbox. Sometimes I um, anonymize them and convert them into a, a, a post that is useful to other people. So, yeah, happy to help anyone. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, John. Um, some brilliant advice and tips. And again, thank you for sharing that with us. No worries. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you again, John. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast and we look forward to welcoming you on the next podcast.